the state of Montana becomes the first state to officially ban TikTok, but it's actually much more than that. I have some insane information to share with you today. I wanted to know if TikTok was actually going to be banned, so I'm speaking to an expert. I don't agree with everything that Phil says, but that is completely okay. That's why we're here on this podcast. He actually got a ton of flack for posting about the Montana ban and asking the question, what did TikTok do wrong? What laws did they break? So in this episode, you will discover if TikTok is going to get banned, why, and also the difference between the approach that Europe is taking versus the approach that the U.S. is taking and why that's extremely important. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and please enjoy this episode with Phil Ranta. Phil Ranta, thank you so much for being here today on Bobcast. Great to be here, Ryan. So this is a hot topic. I found you on LinkedIn through this topic. I think whenever I say LinkedIn, a lot of the audience tunes out, like if they're not embedded into the LinkedIn don't atmosphere. Leave. Yeah. Don't leave. Don't <laughs> exactly. leave. Don't jump off. <laughs> no, we're talking about TikTok. We're talking about TikTok. So uh, yeah, man. <laughs> but you had a comment on, I think it was the Montana banning TikTok. I think you kind of, what LinkedIn doesn't call it subtweet, but I guess it's like a, you would kind of consider it that you basically repost the article and add your thoughts. I'm a dummy when it comes to this. Like I said, I just make fun of it, but I have nothing, no data or anything. So it seemed like you were embedded in the topic and you knew a lot about it. I want to uncover today, really, the purpose of this is having the open conversation about TikTok. We'll probably get into meta as well, social media, edutainment and video games, all these type of topics. Um, But I really want to know, like, what got you into it? And also a couple big, big questions here, but it's really like we'll just kind of, you know, go on a rant, uh, if you will. But what got you into this? And then also, why is this all being stirred up right now? What is the problem with TikTok? And yeah, really just kind of open the conversation like that and just see where it takes us, man. Yeah, no, I got really beat up over that post because it kind of went viral, which oftentimes has positive connotations. But in this context, man, there was a lot of people in the comment thread saying that I was the dumbest human being alive and, you know. All that kind of fun stuff when you're talking about really controversial topics. I've been working at the intersection of entertainment and technology for about 18 years, mostly social content. Started with MySpace video and Google video and kind of worked my way through the evolutions, right? So everything from time working at Facebook, where I ran the Game Creators division, all the way through building a couple of the biggest influencer networks in the world. So heavily heavily embedded in this stuff and my point of view with tiktok that's always gotten me in trouble is what rule did they break right what regulation did they break what what can we point to to say you screwed up you're not supposed to do this here's the law against it and therefore we're banning you we kind of like we're skipping a step right Mm. and my point is is like yes they're foreign adversaries should not have access to our data Frankly, not even adversaries. Foreign entities should not have access to this depth of data. It is on our legislators to find a structure of rules by which they can protect us from these things. So we're not playing whack-a-mole, but instead we we have actual uh, ways to say, oh, there's a thing called TikTok growing. 
the Chinese Communist Party has access to this data. Therefore, you have to do X, Y, and Z or else we're not going to allow you in the country. But if you do X, Y, and Z, then we know that it's safe. We've never gone through that. And I know that I'm going to be jumping around to talk about Facebook, but Facebook just got a $1.3 billion fine uh, from the European Union, from European regulators, um, because they have a framework of data protection. It's called the GDPR. Uh, They actually set forth laws or rules around it, uh, and Meta broke those rules. So therefore, they were able to say, hey, you broke these rules, and here's your fine. I would really love America to do that. And I'm really trying to like force this issue. I talk about it a lot. Um, and I talk about it a lot on panels and I've talked about it with it po- with politicians about this. Um, but what it comes down to is our media environment is such that complex issues are not the kind of thing politicians want to take on because they don't get fundraising and votes based on complex topics. They get it based on culture wars. And an easy culture war is China bad ban TikTok. A hard culture war, or a hard uh, thing to do, is create an entire framework for data privacy, which is exactly what we need. Wow. Yeah. So I may be, you know, telling stories out of school here, or maybe I just don't know anything about this, but I think that you do just because you mentioned it. If I'm not wrong, Europe just has more strict kind of regulations on the internet in general, right? I mean, they are yeah. versus the US, they take it. I want to say more seriously, I guess, like, can you Mm -hmm. speak on that at all? So that must mean that's kind of probably where this comes from, I would assume. I think I just remember years ago reading about even just advertising on the Internet and and then users data there, whether it's even just emails. Can you speak on that in terms of you or Europe versus U.S. and kind of how they look at it? Yeah, I encourage everyone who's interested in this topic just to do a Google of the GDPR, the, the General Data Protection Regulation, I believe is what it stands for. Um, which is this framework. It's not in legalese. It's not really hard to read. It's actually a very like clean and clear bill of rights for data protection um, that isn't just about what servers are handling sensitive data. Like the, you know how we all have the unsubscribe button on emails when you're getting a mass email and it's super, super easy to unsubscribe. Thank you, GDPR, right? That was part of that regulatory framework that forced spam emails to have a a simple unsubscribe button on it. Um, The GDPR has actually done a lot of really positive things that are consumer-friendly actions for how we handle content, data, outreach, spam, etc. And frankly, what I've also encouraged the politicians who I have spoken to um, about this is to, why don't you just start with that? Like, why not just like say, all right, what's yep. the GDPR doing well and what are they not doing? Take the best parts of it and start with that. And if there's things you don't like, I don't care, remove them. If, if you want to be more corporate friendly and make it easier to send us all spam emails that we hate, fine. Take out that regular. I don't care. But at the very least, it's it's a really elegantly done framework. Some people say it goes too far. And my big concern in terms of it going too far is... If let's say every country or every state, right, decides to have their own regulatory framework of how data has to be handled or what disclosures you need, it will be impossible for any startup internet company to ever grow and thrive, right? Because like Meta can handle that because Meta has billions of dollars by which they can uh, block off by geos and give very specific. But if I'm like, 
hey, I'm Mark Zuckerberg at Harvard in 2005, and I'm just starting this thing. And people go, okay, you need to uh, start by having $3 million in salaries with chief compliance officers and everything to make sure on a state-by-state basis it works. It's going to kill innovation. So I don't want to kill innovation, but I also want to make sure that, like, we don't have the Chinese Communist Party able to kind of go willy-nilly all over our data. Like, there's got to be some sort of framework that can do both. Yeah, this is just... This is just a reality of the future, right? It's like we need right. something. Like and, and TikTok is not the last. It's one of the first. Like this right. is going to be forever. If you want to look like 100 years down the line, TikTok's probably going to be done. Like all nobody thought Sears was going to close. You know what I'm saying? Like everything has its cycles. Walmart one day will close. I mean maybe not. Maybe this is a megalithic thing and you know they but there's no monopoly busting anymore and now it's just like Walmart and Amazon rule all and you know may, maybe that's the maybe that's the you know uh uh dystopian version, but I mean I think that it, you know that's probably why, you know, partially why Europe does it too. It's pro- it's for sure a immediate thing, but it's also like, hey, there's not the TikTok's not the last TikTok. <laughs> like that's for sure. Right. Oh, I went back in 2006. I still have this on my hard drive because it humbles me. I wrote a report to my boss. I was doing at that time mobile content, ringtones, wallpapers, pre smartphone apps, wow. like old, old video stuff. And he wanted me to do a deep dive into how the internet is going to disrupt our business, right? And I wrote two things that I highlight to humble me. One is I said, Facebook is never going to have a chance because MySpace is so dominant and has all the celebrities. I'm like, Facebook is not built for celebrities. Facebook Uh, is built for people and primarily students. So in what universe is Tila Tequila and Dane Cook going to get taken down by a bunch of college kids, right? I was very wrong. (laughs) So that was one. (laughs) Two is I said, YouTube doesn't have a chance because... Rever, which was a early video play, already does monetization splits of 50-50 with creators. So they're owning monetization. And Google Video, which was not the same as YouTube at the time, then bought YouTube yet, owns search. So I'm like, if one person owns search and another one owns monetization, then if Google Video bought Rever, then YouTube would be screwed, right? And I ended up being wrong. They ended up buying YouTube and YouTube ended up scaling and so that, all that to say is, you're right. TikTok's not going to be dominant in 20 years, probably. Instagram probably won't. Like things move too fast. And if you look at the things that are taking off right now, AI, quantum computing, holograms are starting to show up. Um, AR glasses, if it takes off, if Apple releases their mixed reality device, and we all start ditching our phones, and we're all just wearing weird goony glasses and then all of our communication and search is happening through eye movements nothing's gonna be the dominant in 10 years that's dominant now so like you have to have a roll with the punches mentality and the only way to do that is through clear regulatory frameworks by which everyone can play along yeah so what would you think like do you have uh do you think about why the u.s isn't doing it isn't is it because of more complicated things with China that I definitely don't understand? Is it a mix of things? I don't know how deep you want to go here, but um, I'm curious as to like what people, like what, you know, the U- the government, I say the government, right? I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, whoever makes <laughs> no, these good. things, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just a regular person. This is what, how, you know, kind of how I think about it. Like, why is it not happening? And obviously yeah. we just saw Montana. So maybe that, ties into it and like you said maybe that's not the way though because as you mentioned 
every state having different rules is going to be a disaster. So, but like, why do you think that it's not happening? And is it actually happening? Like, are they having conversations about this? And where is it going? You know? Yeah, I mean, that I I'll start this by saying I love America. I am a, I'm <laughs> me, a me too. Like, did a big too hard on America. Come on, man! I got a Skinner shirt on right now, dog. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> I am cut from uh, small town Michigan cloth. Don't think of me as a coastal elite, but I will say something that might make me sound a little coastal elite, which is all you have to do is look at like the debt limit increase right now where we might fall off a financial cliff because we've got people arguing about something that has nothing to do with the thing that's actually going to hurt us. And they're like, fine, ruin the economy of America. If I don't get what I want, whatever, ruin it, right? That's the mentality that our politics has right now in America of like, I will kill every one of my citizens in order for my political party to get its way. And I'm like, wait, I'm a citizen. Don't do, please don't do that. (sighs) It's the same way with this stuff is every decision that politicians make are first about taking care of their corporate donors, second about their reelection. And then third, fourth, fifth, like probably third is about what job they'll have after politics or will they be able to get on the Sunday shows. And then we'll look at like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh might be a, like a little bit of like morality conviction. Like maybe we fall down here above those other things. Yeah. Got to take care of your corporate donors. Got to take care of your reelection campaign. Got to take care of your party. All those things. And I'm, I don't care if you're talking about AOC or if you're talking about Donald Trump, right? That's the level that it's going on for almost everybody. So you score a lot of points by going, China's bad, ban TikTok, TikTok's ruining America, because parents, and especially older people who are more willing to vote, go, oh yeah, I'll vote for that guy, screw those kids, right? If you go out and say, I am building a regulatory framework that'll be done in two years, but it'll be fantastic. And the rollout strategy is this. And what it's going to do is protect your data because there's going to be a server. We're going to be able to check where servers are located here. And we're going to do this and that. That just doesn't pull well because it's hard. It's complicated. And people don't like complicated. They like what they like is, you know, hey, there's drag queens telling stories to your kids, ban it or like like that's that's easy points to score the other one is hard points to score nobody wants to go after the hard points anymore and that's part of the reason why i have so much respect for what they've done in europe is they're going after the really hard topics and frankly you're even seeing this in a lot of like countries that we oftentimes make fun of for being you know like a lot of southeast asian countries that we've kind of written off and blah whatever they're doing really progressive and interesting measures to dominate the conversation as it relates to ai and digital culture and exporting digital culture and in america we're just falling behind because we can't break this gridlock and i don't think we ever will until we figure out an entirely new way by which our government can operate all people want to share is elon is the guy asking elon if his tweets affect the company right it's like that's all (laughs) like you i watched the whole thing live like that was the right. least interesting part of the entire conversation for me personally. Totally. Um, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. I mean, that's like saying, does a tree fall down affect the forest? It's like in one way oh, or God. another, it's affects any, like everything affects everything. Like how far are we going to go with this question? Right? Like it, it's just like, it, it makes, it's kind of like a butterfly effect thing to me. Um, but I, oh, yeah. I don't know I mean, what answer. I worked in Facebook when we had some of those congressional hearings where we had Zuckerberg in front of him. So we would, Watch it like a hawk. I'd be doing my work and I'd have it out over here. And like my boss's 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 boss is sitting on TV being interviewed. And the 
dumb questions that came like to the point where like everybody was just like pushing their political agenda and then using Mark Zuckerberg as an intermediary, like asking him questions that have nothing to do with Facebook. Yep. They have to do with the internet or they have to do with like digital culture or like it, it reminded me of the video game hearings of the late nineties. I don't know if you were old enough at that time for that, but some of your listeners might remember it where they essentially Mortal Kombat 2 came out, there was a lot of blood in it. And what they decided to do with that was call up every video game publisher in the world, put them in front of Congress, and scream at them for ruining their children. And me as a diehard gamer at that time, I was still in high school, but I was a diehard gamer. I was watching these congressional hearings going, these are the stupidest people ever. Like, this, it's it's not the psycho murderers that are playing this. It's the nerds like me. It's like, and we're we're not like saying I'm going to go kill somebody because I'm watching Mortal Kombat too. It's like I the, these are silly. It's like an R-rated movie, right? Parents shouldn't let their kids watch R-rated movies. Shouldn't ban R-rated movies. Parents shouldn't let kids play Mortal Kombat too. If that's what like yep. it, it just seemed like lunacy to me. It's the same thing that I feel as an adult watching these hearings now. Yeah, it's like. You know what those people are doing? They're playing video games. Like that's what they're they're not right. out like taking the all right, good, I got I have a good sense on tact on tactical uh you know, weaponry now. Right. I'm gonna go you like no, they're still playing video they're addicted to video games, right. most of them. So it's like they're not even going out the house. That's actually the real problem, is they're not even going to a right. park and going for a jog, you know? It's like the worst of it. Yeah, the, the worst of it is people who play too, too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the worst of it is people who play too many video games. Like that's the worst you're gonna get from that, you know. But it's yeah, it right. is really that kind of reactionary approach, not the understanding approach it's not the yeah. let's kind of like look at the reality of it and i think that's a lot of kind of like how you look at these things which is like the logic versus the emotion of like let's look at right. logically what laws they're breaking right and and that's not to say that it's not wrong it's just a, the question right. that has no answer that then you know nobody can really answer where nobody knows the answer to it it's just we should ban it I guess in the case of TikTok, right, it's we should ban it. Well, why? Well, it's bad. Well, why is it bad? And now let's go down this rabbit hole of questions. And then there's no answers at the end of that, you know, at least. Right. Yet, not yet, you know. Well, I, I, I also do believe that the Chinese Communist Party is accessing the data. Yeah, probably. I think most and people like, believe that's that how too. that country yeah. operates. You know, yeah, they control all business. I mean, that's objective. Right. <laughs> You know, I mean, but they also like if you look at how many companies out of China are kind of digital companies that are becoming pretty dominant. ByteDance isn't the only one, and frankly, TikTok's not even the only ByteDance property. Sure, TikTok is huge and, and creates a unique threat in the depth of data gathering, and there are 100 million Americans on it. Yeah, there, there's that, but there's a lot of video game companies that are owned by China that can access that. Like, if we don't start taking measures now. And knowing how we have to deal with all companies that come from other countries that are collecting a lot of data, then we're screwed in the future. We're, we are screwed because the, the future of psyops and the future of like data gathering that will be used in the wars of the future. And I think the wars of the future are going to be fought online. I think hackers are going to be our soldiers and that's going to be the world that we live in. It's already starting to happen, right? Like if we don't start building this stuff now, and other countries are building this stuff, they're going to have safer citizens than America will have. And at the end of the day, we can sit and argue and ban all we want, but until we start having set measures, TikTok will go under, 
and a Chinese company will just launch another one that will also grow. And then that, then we'll bankrupt that one. And then another one will, and another one will, and you know, when does where does it end yeah and and i know that we are the real like we were the real wild west right but times have changed right we it's like right everything's way different like we're not social media wild west is a different animal data wild west is a different animal so yeah i i I think there's just that like american kind of culture coming into it where it's like don't ban Mm -hmm. our tiktok you know, don't ban our right. stuff kind of in general, like don't ban stuff, don't ban guns, don't ban any, don't ban stuff that we right. like, you know, um, right. but there's more to the story than just don't ban it. And because th- then you have to have the conversation afterwards, which that's when it really gets into the weeds. But I want to talk about Montana just for a second, because we mentioned that in the beginning sure. and that was really wh- how I found you. Um, and that's the power of LinkedIn, mm-hmm. everybody. So I won't go on the soapbox there. I've done it way too many times. But um, so what about like what what do you know about? Mon- the montana ban of tiktok and like because wh- i know i just read a couple like i read some articles like the governor's quote was we're protecting montanans so like, yeah. what does that even mean i'm just kind of co- curious about this in general and in my view it's the last state that needed to ban it like right. if you want to ki- <laughs> if you want to kill tiktok new york and la guys new york and california tiktok's yep. done i mean that's that's it has to be three quarters of the users right, right? in the u.s at least Oh, but could you imagine how unpopular a governor would be if they oh, came in and banned it in California? That's why Montana <laughs> Montana is like a layup. It's just like, okay, right. Montana banned it, guys. Uh, step in the right direction. Yeah. It's like, not really, you know? Like I said, it's like, that's like New York <laughs> banning cow herding. It's like nobody right, has exactly. cows in the city, guys. Like, it's like you're banning yeah. something that nobody even does there. I mean, that's just my opinion, but... Yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna lose an election banning it in Montana. I think that that was probably part of the calculus yes. of this ban. I I first of all, I don't think that it's gonna go through. I don't. I think it's pushed off until 2024 before the ban takes effect. Okay, the ban will be for distribution of TikTok, so it'll be taken out of the app stores. You will not be punished for having TikTok on your phone. Um, so users like. Uh, it's it it's kind of like reminiscent of when they were having like abortion talks four years ago when they said we're not going to punish the the woman but we are going to punish the doctors and then it kind of like slippery sloped and now the legislation is going that direction it's kind of the same with tiktok right where it's like it'll start with that and then it'll start being like if you have it on your phone blah, blah, blah. they just wanted to get a step one out there uh, but the way they're, they're, so they're kind of scant on details about how this rollout is going to happen I think they're doing it on purpose because I don't believe for a second the governor ever thought that this was going to actually take effect. I think that's why they kicked the can down the road that long. Um, and because like they what what they get to say is in the re-election speech, I was the first governor brave enough to take a stand against the Chinese Communist Party and the takeover of our children's data. Yeah, yep. like that's all this announcement was about was getting that press right. Uh, but I, let's talk about the good part about it. The good part about this ban is I do think that it's going to force other people to say, oh, man, the drumbeat's getting a little bit louder. We need to take a stand on this. And hopefully some people are going to be smart enough to know that their stand isn't a yay or a nay on TikTok, but a, oh, no, if TikTok goes under, what are we going to do about Lemonade, which is also a top 20 social media app in america that's also owned by bite dance that's collecting the same uh. data that's also user generated content like once people get wise to this idea of like oh there is a problem 
uh, the problem is that there's a lot of gray area here and how do we solve and regulate that gray area? Like, I think that's the good thing about this is it's forcing the, the conversation of, oh, wait, I do like this band. Why do I like it? Or I don't like this band. Why don't I like it? And that's going to force people to take like, hopefully have conviction and then take real stands where they need to. Yeah, it's like reverse decriminalization. It's like it wasn't illegal. Right. But now it's decriminalized. <laughs> it's like, so you can right. have the weed. Like, you're not going to, you might get like a little ticket for having a little weed, yeah. but you're not going to go to jail. You know, it's like that similar totally. vibe. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's like social media. I mean, it's a drug. Like, I just interviewed yes. my friend Brielle. We were talking about Gen Z being wrapped up into this. We were talking about the mental health of Gen Z, right? That's a whole conversation mm -hmm. around this, around TikTok specifically. Um, I don't right. think really my generation is. Our generation is soft. I think they just kind of lack a purpose because they're sitting watching other people on TikTok and all these kind of apps. Right. And that's why I create content. Not that I know what I'm talking about. I do for certain things, right? Like I'm aware of the experience that I don't have, but the reality is mm -hmm. like not to, you know, go too far into this topic, but you know, when you, that is important, like you said, to start the conversation and also, yeah, I mean, this is affecting kids. When I was in high school, uh, yeah. social media was not addictive when I was growing up. Um, it was around, right. I got Snapchat and Instagram in high school. Um, and it wasn't just, we weren't like, uh, compulsively checking our phones. We were just Snapchatting right. kind of just for fun. Like it was just an app, um, because they hadn't engineered and you probably know this cause you were working for these companies. Like they had not engineered that addictive nature into the apps. And, right. and so that's there now too. So yeah, I mean, all out ban, is that, you know, the solution? Probably not. But the con starting the conversation is one step closer. That's yeah. Oh, for sure. I agree. Yeah, and and the, this is what's really scary about this is, is what you're talking about about things being too addicting. If we change the verbiage of that to it's too entertaining, mm, yeah. right? Uh, because like I I'll give an example. I was I was a kid of the '80s. I got the eight-bit Nintendo when I was four. You could not peel me away from that damn thing. You couldn't get me away from it because. It was at that time, it was mind blowing and it was so much better than reality that like, I think that I had a pretty serious addiction at like the age of five of like Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior and, you know, Bubble Bobble and Mario because it was like so much better than reality. Yeah. So when we say that we engineer these things to be addicting, like I want to reframe that to saying like we're engineering when we make things too entertaining, what it requires is for enough personal responsibility or enough ways to break people out of that cycle so that it's safe enough, right? Like, I point to the Nintendo Wii because it was the very first system I ever had in my life where you'd play for an hour, and then a little screen would pop up, and it's like, why don't you've been playing for a long time, why don't you go outside? At that time, that was, like, mind-blowing, but I'm like, man, this is kind of genius because it's, they recognize that this is such a good system that, like, it's it's yeah. not like I'm going to stop playing the Wii or not buy the system because this pops up. I'm still going to play the system, but it's also recognizing that like there is going to be a subset of addiction and like like anything. Don't ban gambling, but regulate. Don't yep. ban alcohol, but regulate. Don't ban weed, but regulate. I'm a firm believer in these things, and what that requires is when you give people what they want, and there is a danger of overuse. Is having methods by which we can kind of crack people of that addiction, right? Whether it's public programs or safeguards placed on these things. I think it's the same way with social media. I think that like 
frankly, if you there's a, a, a kind of an under 18 ban of social media that's coming out, it will deeply hurt my business um, if that comes out. I do my entire business off of social media, so yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling But I also like I also support it. And then like when yep. when I tell people in the business that they're like, You're crazy. Teenagers are gonna use TikTok no matter what. I'm like, Yeah, teenagers are gonna watch R rated movies no matter what. Guess what? I support the MPAA and I support giving things R ratings, right? Yeah. Because I think that it should be harder for a thirteen year old to go see somebody's head ripped off in a movie. Because they're not ready for it yet. I don't know if kids are ready to have their own phone and be able to watch TikTok eight hours a day. I think it will make them addicted and worse and ADD and it's like it needs to be regulated. Yeah, and and this is probably an hour on this topic, but yet yeah, it comes down to parenting, which I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Are you a parent? I'm a parent. Yeah, I've got a two year old, and a four year old, and I try to limit their screen time, but it is hard. Yeah, I mean, but it's know? the perfect like Steve Jobs not giving his kids the iPad, right? It's like we've seen right. it time and time again, and it's like, and it's it's very interesting, and I do uh, I I do like the reframe on the entertainment, um, for sure. But then there's also the fact of like there this is like a liquor store in your hand, you know? It's like the kids if they want right. the alcohol, they really gotta. They, I mean, if the parents have the liquor cabinet, then they have to refill it. Like, it's like, there's a real, it's right. kind of difficult. It's like the liquor stores right here. Right. So there is right. that. Um, it, and, and also like, is there also, are they objectively, um, actually, you know, tailoring the algorithms so they are more addictive? Like they're not doing it. So they're more yeah. entertaining. They're also doing it. So they're, it's both. Right. I think it's probably both in the way that they wait yeah. three seconds for your notifications to pop up. That's not entertainment. That's addictive. That's right. trying to get you on the, on the, you know, <laughs> on the ride, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it is kind of the slot machine mentality of how often do you have to go ding, 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 ding to keep people putting in more money yep. and, or mobile games that have daily login bonuses. Like you're right. Not inherently entertainment, but on the other hand, there's a reason why people are hitting that push notifications because when they get inside of there, they're, the experience is to just keep watching and watching and watching. Yep. And part of that is, I mean, however you want to define entertainment, we can get to the philosophical argument about For that. Sure. Like, are they getting their dopamine hits in the way that they, like, in the way that you would from like a stupid action movie, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the reason why I watch stupid action movies. Like, I'm a huge fan of stupid action movies. I don't watch them because I'm, like, getting enlightened or <laughs> yeah. getting smarter. I watch it for those silly dopamine hits of stupid things happening. When I watch TikTok, it's kind of the same. My TikTok for you page is heavily curated, and this will show you how middle-aged I am. It's a lot of business news. It's a lot of, like, stock news, digital media hot takes. Like, I, I watch it, and every single one I'm like, Yes, I want to watch more. I want to watch more because it knows me so, so well. Yep. And I'm like, that's better than what I used to get with YouTube. But is it more addicting? Absolutely. Once I go on my For You page, I'm going to, 45 minutes going to go by in a blank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, mine is, I'm like a self-improvement guy. So it's like, Ed Milet, Tony mm -hmm. Robbins. We're like, you go down my right. thing. It's all great stuff. It's people making music and art and, you know, people talking about, you know, I mean, LinkedIn's the classic example of like, if you want to, if you want to feel bad for not waking up at 4 30 a.m just go make a linkedin account you know what i'm saying like there's a toxic right. positivity too uh for sure um but yeah it's better than having you know <laughs> i guess just mindless 
kind of bullshit on your feed to have like maybe some world news or maybe some self-improvement. It's better, but we're still doing the same thing. And I, I, I'm, I literally had to take social media off my phone. Um, I have yeah. done the cheat code of um, telling my phone uh, my sleep, my wake up time and my bedtime. So I don't have to set an alarm. Um, so that right. it, like it goes off at the same time every day. Like I've done a lot of these things, but also like I'm predisposed to it. Like I will just continually mm -hmm. log on and log on and log on and not, you don't even have to log on. You just open the app. I re-download the app to post. So that, and that's right. what I do. I'm not, that's smart. I think that's psychotic for some people. They may think that, but I, I think it's great. It's working for me, you know, but you really got to take those, mm -hmm. those measures yeah. for your own life. Obviously that kind of self-control has to come in there, but um, yeah, I mean, I love this conversation. I think this is the start of the conversation for sure. In terms of in the future, I think this is just opening that door. Um, I want to have you on because yeah. I don't see a lot of people really talking about this um especially on you know different platforms people are saying it's one post yeah. at a time but but talk, to talk about it at length man um i really appreciate it and also um you know can you talk a little bit about what you do because i'm not so familiar with kind of your company or business or i'm not sure you're in a really nice office so you got to do something right um but but tell me feel like something. yeah what do you what are you doing man what do, what are you uh what are you doing what's your day-to-day -day like yeah, totally. So I'm the chief operating officer. We are verified. Um, we're a digital talent management company at our core. We've got about 100 talent under management. Um, most of them are beauty, fashion, lifestyle with a twist, but we kind of manage uh, a good cross-section of a lot of creators, mostly kind of TikTok and Instagram first creators, um, but a fair amount of YouTube as well. Uh, we also have a side of our company that we call our platform services division, where we do Snap Discover shows and podcasts, Web3 projects, AI projects, business consultancy for creator economy companies, kind of agency of record, branded work, um, and influencer marketing sales. So we do a fair amount of stuff. Um, really, what we put ourselves out there is creator economy experts, mm -hmm. where if you've got a creator economy problem... We can either connect you to the people that can solve it or we can solve it ourselves. Wow, I love it. I mean, so how so do you guys source that talent then or do people apply? Is it a little bit of both? How do they? Yeah. How, how are you get, getting that talent? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because it's a, it's an interesting mix. We're, we're quite picky about who we work with because we only have five talent managers. So we can't have, you know, infinitely large rosters and we're not looking to scale. Like there's a mm. lot of management companies out there that are looking to just sign the Internet. Yeah, that they're just they're us. they're like just kind of spam like, cold emailing like thousands of people with Instagram totally. accounts. Yep. Yeah, totally, totally not us. We want the people who we can lean in and really optimize their businesses and frankly make us money, right? We don't want to sign somebody and then we don't make money until they make money. It's a revenue split, so like we don't we don't want that. <sighs> um, but we generally will either sign them or get them through a referral. It's it's pretty rare that somebody just like kind of hits us up and they're like, hey. <laughs> I, I have no clue who you are, but I found you on Google kind of thing. Um, and the ones that do find us through that are generally not quite to the level we need yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, somehow we, we have more talent than we know how to deal with. So we luckily get to say no to some really great talent. So um, signing has never been an issue. Oh, I love that, man. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I, I've seen many companies similar, but I don't know much about the kind of that kind of talent agency world um i'm a rapper music producer that's how i started but couldn't 
didn't figure out how to make Love money it. with it. So then I figured out how to make money with podcasting. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, then we're it. onto something here. So I'm just starting the journey, um, you know, 24. So I got a lot, a lot to go here, man. But that's really interesting to hear and and maybe something to think about as I continue to double down on the brand. Um, companies like yours, man. So um, awesome, Phil. Is there anything that you want to plug here in terms of whether it's yourself, your LinkedIn profile, business? Yeah, for We Are Verified, go to wav.la if you want to see some of the stuff we're working on. Um, and you can find me on all social networks, even the weirdo ones like Clapper and uh, Blue Sky and everything. I'm at Phil Rant on every platform, unless it's a gaming platform, in which case I go by my gamer tag, with it, which is punkish, P-U-N-K-I-S. There we go. Next time, first topic, next time you're on is Clapper. It's not what you think it is. All right. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. Um, Phil, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate you doing it, man. You bet. Thanks for your time. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Um, and same here. We are on every single platform, even the ones nobody uses. All right. Catch you guys on the next one. Peace. <laughs>